Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, and welcome to episode 33. In this episode, we have some brand new spoilers to talk about, Iron Man, War Machine, and Turtle Set. We'll also be talking about the effective use of actions and wrapping it all up with our discussion on our favorite two to three card combos without the use of globals. So let's kick it off with our spoilers discussion. Okay, guys, we are back with the full crew. We have the KO King, the Dr. J, the Brown Messiah. I almost forgot Dr. J and Ken Pull because Dr. J, welcome back from your trials and tribulations or just being gone. Well, it was Christmas, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I don't know, but you were gone when we had lots of rules. I was kind of quiet. I was, I was actually going to try to make it back, but then I was driving through Vegas and it took me like eight hours to get through Vegas. It was a free. You know, you don't need to spend eight hours at a strip club, bro. Just saying. Well, <laughs> some <laughs> people do. Anyways. The uh, listeners really enjoyed the rules segments. <laughs> no, they didn't. You were all wrong about everything. I don't even know if I listened to it, but yes. you were still wrong. Yes. I, ironically, anyways, while the Brown Messiah and I were in Vegas, we had a slew of spoilers get posted. Um, we had the next, the upcoming Turtle set come out. We also had the Iron Man War Machine um, starter set that was spoiled for, to us. So what we wanted to do is to give you guys some of the highlights for the cards that we thought stood out. Um, if you guys want to see links to screenshots of all the cards, of course, head on over to Double Burst. Dot net, doubleburst.com to uh, check out where you can see those. He um, totally forgot what our what our website <laughs> I've been saying ktdata.net for an entire week. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think about it. So where do you where do you guys want to start with the turtles? We'll start out with the turtle characters. So where do you guys want to start out with that? Um, I like the uh, there's a two cost April that has turtle power. So there's an affordable character that can reduce the cost of other turtles. And so yeah. I yeah I didn't I didn't like, see that did they clarify how turtle power works now? Um, it just says that while she's active, other turtle character die or character dice cost one less to purchase to a minimum of one, which that was pretty much what it was mm-hmm. doing in the so, first set, except for the one thing where it did something different. Yeah, I, I think, think it was one Leonardo. Yeah, Leonardo was written weird. So, but the problem with those is they were all like four and five costs, so it cost a bunch to get them. With this, she's only two costs. She could actually reduce those other ones to a decent. Uh, price range, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's going to stack if it says to the minimal one, right? So if you have yeah, more I think one that character more than has... more than one character being active with turtle power, it should stack. Okay, so that that's April. Where did you guys also want to go? So the five cost turtles. There's one for each, depending on the uh, energy that they are. I think these are going to be interesting. You stole mine. I, I was just gonna about be pretty to bring fun. these up. All right, no, that's, <laughs> I was just about to say. I just I like them all. Um, I like. Um, specifically the ones that when they attack, they deal damage directly to your opponent. Um, I'm kind of, that's my play style. So, and it's two damage. So it, yeah. 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 So exactly. your iron fists, we're still, damage, but you're yes, still taking damage. Two damage. Um, so that's what I liked about them. Um, and now with the April, now you can reduce the costs on them, yeah. get them out a little bit quicker. The thing that, that does bug me though, is with the, with the first TMNT set, they were all four costs. Now they're all five costs. You got that April that decreases the cost by one. They're still all four costs starting out, so it does kind of bug me a little bit that they made the turtles so expensive. I wish they were a little cheaper, but I think that this is still their abilities are so much better in this set. We're all surprised that Dr. J is bothered by something. Actually, (laughs) this set overall looks so much better than the first set because there's more than two playable cards in it. So I think there's some great cards 
in it. I really enjoy, I'm looking at this uh, Foot Ninja. Uh, I like the three-cost Foot Ninja that, when KO'd, move a Foot Ninja from your used pile to the field zone at level three. So I'm thinking if you put that on, just say, Blue Eyes White Dragon team, I know that doesn't work for Prime, but if you use that, you know, I can discount and move stuff over. So I've got this ability to kind of take stuff from prep or from used to field while putting stuff in prep. You know, it, it would take some work, but I like that idea of working with that. So there are some good things in there with that. I like the uh, the global on Casey Jones. His card itself is kind of... Uh, Not as good as the one from the other side. Yeah, right? it's it's fine, but I like the pay fist target sidekick character die must block this turn if able. That, I mean, there's plenty of other force blocks, but uh, this one is kind of... It seems like a good way to respond to someone force attacking. Yeah, and I, I do do like it's a fist, too, because I think the other ones were mask and a shield. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think so it's mask I, I, shield. Yeah, I like how they, they kind of spread out these globals a little bit in terms of energy. Mm. Um, another one that I actually really liked was uh, the Renant Tilly. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, she says when, while Renant Tilly is active... At the end of your turn, your roll and reroll step, you may spin any action die in your reserve pool on a non-energy phase to an any other phase. Um, and I'm really, really stoked for this one because this is going to actually combo off really, really well with something we're going to mention a little bit later. Uh, but it's also really, really cool that I like because I also like using actions and I hate whiffing on them. So, and, and the fact that you can spin them to any other phase, brilliant. You can switch any other uh, action. Um, like, say you're playing relaxing and you you happen to roll it on a on a single burst side. Well, now you can spin it over to a double burst side and get that um, extra benefit there. The, this other one of hers is interesting to me. The, uh, when fielded, I could take a dice from my prep area and switch it for something in my used and roll it. So you could essentially turn a sidekick that you've prepped into a, right. a character that you may need that turn. Right. So, yeah, or it's from the reserve pool. Yeah, or from right? the reserve. So, yeah. It, it, yeah, so yeah, I think it's just a way to churn. So, right, I can purchase something and then roll it that turn, you know. So they've introduced mm -hmm. more and more stuff with that with these spoilers that we'll talk about. But I just really like that idea of not worrying about a dice churning all the way through, especially with PXG being uh, not available all the time anymore if you play yeah, something like prime but, being outside of prime right you, now you have this ability to cycle without it going through your bag in case some people are going to stuff your bag full of stuff yeah of course russ has to go back to not using his bag because that's your specialty um, how about those like foot ninjas i think that all three of them look awesome yeah like, i like them all i i really like i it's hard to i think that they because they're have they, are, are they they're all teams. allies of course still they're all allies. There's one with Swarm that has, when fielded while Shredder is active, draw a die and add it to your prep area, which is whatever, but it's a Swarm ally villain. Like, just with those three things going for it, there's a lot going on. And then if you use Shredder, you can also prep a die, which is cool. My, my, my favorite thing about all of the new Foot Ninjas in this set is that they're not the Foot Ninjas from the last set, because the Foot Ninjas from the last set just, I thought, were a little bit OP, 
um, especially the ones that get that are allies and then buff yeah. get buffed by other allies. And I I'm don't, like, I'm so glad I mean, you can't play these foot ninjas at the same time as those ones. I'm very surprised yeah. that Ken likes a three cost bolt villain. <laughs> that with really swarm and ally. Me. Okay, yeah, it'll it might, go great on it might taskmaster. Finally, <laughs> it'll be great on a villain team. It'll be great on a strong ring team. It'll be perfect. It's it might great, finally, great it might finally make his bolt ring team playable. That'd be weird. I mean, yeah. it, it, it never does anything. Uh, another one of the foot ninjas is uh, it's an ally, and when two or more foot ninja di- character dice you control attack at once, deal damage to target opponent equal to the number of attacking foot ninja character dice. That's more direct damage, up to three in a turn. Yeah, which I really is really cool. I really really like this one. Uh, I think this also fits really well with any of those like weenie decks that you just want to yeah. rush and quickly yeah. and go yeah. as quick yeah. as you can. And I I like that there's as much direct damage as there is in this. Yeah. yeah. And one thing to quick for people to notice that these are still max three in line with the old turtle set. I'm glad they yes. kind of kept with that theme, so that way you don't kind of have an imbalance of between the two turtle sets. I, max, I wish I wish they were max and four and they gave you three dice for each of them. That's what they should have been. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's going to be max three and it's going to come with three dice for yeah. each, each character. So it's going to come with max dice, unlike the other set of spoilers yeah. that we'll be talking about yeah, later. So, and then speaking of kind of all three cards that I liked, I was looking at Slash. I love all three of those cards. They're all yeah. really cool. Yeah, so one of them is when Slash is blocked, deal damage equal to his attack to target opposing character die that is not blocking him. So I think all of us have kind of come into the situation where we attack. We want our opponent to be using one character to block, say it's a Constantine or something that's... Oh, yeah, something it, that you want out of the field. You want out of the field because he's a three, five, six attack. So using him, you're going to force your opponent to ha- make that tough decision that we like to mention a lot on this show is that do I block with him or do I, do I don't? Either way, you might lose that character. Yeah. Um, this and then this one, I think I was these last two. I was like, man, I'm like Russ's influences. The the last one on actually me. that's it's on the page. Never what's that? Never like the name Spike. Yeah, yeah. he's he's my favorite because he's kind of a little bit of a ring counter. And his is when slash is KO'd, deal damage to target opponent equal to the total energy in their reserve pool. Yeah. So if somebody saved a bunch of energy. Yeah, for, that could be really for wild. It, And you have a blue eyes, and you blue eyes him when they pass you priority if. You have two of these guys in the field. They're gonna take twice. Oh yeah, they're gonna take yeah, that damage and twice. Yeah, I, I felt that, dirty, I felt dirty too because I was thinking about man, Russ should use that in his X twenty three team. That's that a just, that's <laughs> a bolt. <laughs> that's a bolt though. That actually works really with, good with your apocalypse apocalypse team because you re rolled oh, yeah. and they put all that stuff in the reserve pool. If oh it's, yeah. Oh, so they would dirty. Get, they would that get double dirty. damage. They would get the damage from the roll and then from everything, all the energy there. Yeah, that could well. be ugly. I like the Hermato Yoshi. That Hermato when Yoshi. is it when attacked or when blocked? When he's blocked. When he's blocked, you deal half the damage of that character to of your opponent. So, yeah. so basically, I would, you know, take your opponent's force block your opponent's strongest character and attack you all the time and just start dinging them for half. Oh, that. Yeah. Or force block multiple characters, like four characters, deal half of all their damage. The great thing I think about him too is that his defensive line is is seven, yeah. eight, nine. So he can yeah, take he's a nine. He can take a pretty big. What's, what's funny is his, his attack is low, but you're going to use him without using his actual attack. Yeah, you want Kinda him to be getting blocked anyways. Or you use him with a with a flip defense thing, and you attack. Yeah. And if they don't block, then you flip that to a nine. Man, he could be nasty. Oh yeah. 
Yep. So, and, and again, it's direct damage, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So a- any more things in terms of turtle characters you guys want to cover before we jump on to our next set of characters? Yep. Uh, uh, there's a Karai that pre- prevents sidekicks from attacking, which is, yep. is good in rush metas yep. with yep. Uh, Frontline. Yeah, just because I know Russ wants to spend 20 minutes talking about the basic actions in the set. We're going to go to the Iron Man War Machine character. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm excited about this suit up the more I've been thinking about it, actually. So. Yep. so I haven't seen too many of the spoilers for the Iron Man War Machine, but where do you guys want to kick off with that? I think I just want to talk about the concept of suit up. Uh I like this ability, especially with the Iron Man ones. I'm thinking back to Tin Head and the other three costs. Yeah, I forgot. What's uh, suit up? The so keyword? so you would keyword. take an Iron Man character. Let's say I had Tin Head in the field. Here, I, and I've got him. it right in front of me. Suit up. When, you're per- when you purchase a character die with suit up, you may KO a character you control whose name matches one of the names listed in the ability. If you do, you may immediately field the purchase die at level two. So here... Here's what I'm thinking, is I take Tin Head and I use a, I don't know, villain maker to use retaliation. Tin Head has, right. And then uh, use, so I take him to suit up, then all of a sudden you're getting retaliation, use Black Manta, and I've upgraded my character while dealing my opponent all the damage for retaliation. I mean, I know it's weird because I like an Ability that KOs my own characters, but this whole upgrading your character, I, I think, has a lot of ability. And it's again, it's putting characters into my dice rotation without putting them in my bag. You, you know what it is? It's basically another fabricate. It's so much like fabricate. You it, know, KO a character, a specific character this time, rather than just two characters. Then you don't only get to purchase the die for free, but no, you, you get don't get to purchase it, in, it for free. You don't. What do no. you do with it? You purchase and then you it get allows, swap it. It allows you to swap it, basically. Oh, so you pay the cost. You pay the cost. You pay the cost, and then you put it in. You the field KO. Instantly. You KO yeah. your character, and then you put that so in the field at level two. Kind of like fat. So yeah, it's it's yeah. like a it's like a polymorph yeah, thing going on. Yeah, it's kind of got a lot of it's got Poly a lot of gates. influences. At, at first, yeah. I didn't think it was it was great. Fabramorph. I thought it was kind of one of these things that might not work, and it might not. But I think it'll be a lot of fun to play. But I'm thinking of using it with that tin head, make villains, have Black Manta. So I'm going to KO, deal retaliation, and I'm actually upgrading my character. And that also puts dice in my prep area. So it's this whole kind of keep things going without using my bag. With that, I also noticed that they're also doing uh, more things to allow to allow you to bring characters directly into the field rather than cycling through mm-hmm. your bag. I think this is really great, especially now the fact that um, with, with certain... S- uh, ideas floating around that maybe that set rotation could be coming um, with PXG being gone. That gives us an excellent opportunity to move things directly from when you purchase them into the field and you get that much more ahead of your, your opponent. And yeah. I like how the creators of the game, sorry to cut you off, yep, KT, they introduced a lot of bag stuffing and now they've introduced something to kind of play around it if you're struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping they never give suit up to a scarecrow. Let's just not do that. Let's just not do that. It'd be like mask up or something. Or I just hope. They, awesome. I hope. Just, let's not do that because Russ would just be in euphoria at that point. Yeah. Well, we will discuss, but there is a way for a reoccurring scarecrow. 
There really is. Nope. All right. So uh, any any so any specific characters you guys want to talk about, or any Iron Man War Machine like basic actions? Howard like Stark. Some of these. Yeah, these Howard Starks are really cool. Um, first of all, the, the thing that I'd like to point out about them that they're Shield agents, and this is just this just adds another character to the Shield mm. agent uh, affiliation, which you and I, Katie. Melinda May. Yeah, you like, come back. Mm, yes, I'm ready. To, I I want that Melinda May, Russ. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I want it too. <laughs> but yeah, like this is another awesome character to use for your shield teams um, which I'm really excited for. I just honestly this Howard Stark this one that we were discussing when you that can give everything plus 2 mm. it's a 3 that, cost one. That one uh, really scares me actually. Expert businessman it says uh, so it has allies says at the start of your turn you may sacrifice this character die. If you do other character dice you control gain plus 2 attack until the end of turn which is massive and I think that's pretty massive. You're able to give all of your characters uh, plus two, you have Grodd on your team. It's yeah, it's just and over especially if point. you're, I mean, if you're playing with the Shield affiliated team, a lot of the Shield characters are pretty low attack. Like the Shield agents are like one or oh, yeah. two, I think. On, yeah. on their attack most sides. most yeah. all of the Shield uh, characters, with maybe the exception of like Taskmaster, Taskmaster, um, they all have really low uh, attacks below at least three or four, or maybe maybe five at most. But yeah. Really, it's, really low attacks. But that is a very viable card. Oh, it's probably yeah. the one I paid more most attention to in the set. There's a lot of good things there, but I I kind of got sidetracked on the whole uh, spending the last few days concept of the whole, you know, suit up and, mm-hmm. and how to make that work as opposed to specific character abilities. I like how they also introduced another uh, pay zero global in um, Iron Manor. Uh, so the... So the one I'm looking at, or the global is pay zero once per turn on your turn. Spin down one of your Iron Man character dies. You may field an Iron Man character die for one less, um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and plus, you know, I like, you know, who doesn't like a free global? You know? Yeah. I like this Iron Man affiliation. I just like the way the sticker looks, too. One one of the interesting cards in this set is Rescue. Um, and I think it's just interesting because she has her own suit up on the card. So the suit up says pepper pots or rescue. And then one of her abilities, which one is it here? At the end of your roll and reroll step, your opponent loses one life for each rescue die that rolled an energy face. I think that could be really useful on a, uh, what is she? She bolt on any of my teams. Yeah. Cause I can't roll with Jack. Exactly. So I was, <laughs> but I think that's really interesting because she kind of suits up herself so you can KO her, mm-hmm. then feel the new one, then KO her, feel the new one and keep rolling. Yeah. Them. I also like that. It's a way to get rid of pepper pots from age of Ultron mm-hmm. because yeah. a couple of them are when fielded and, I've I've I haven't personally done it, but when I've played against people, they they end up having almost like four pepper pots just sitting there doing nothing. I, I do like too that they were specifically thinking about Age of Ultron with this set because she's the only pepper pots in the game, and so they're yeah. saying you can use this old card from this old set with this and make it even better. I definitely think this starter set pairs very well with Age of Ultron. I love the flavor yeah. of pepper pots and rescue. Um, just suiting up Pepper Pot, like just yeah. playing Pepper Pot yeah. with the rescue. Because I was, so ex- I was excited. I like that other rescue too. That uh, at the end of your roll and reroll step, draw one die for each rescue die you, you rolled that shows an energy face. Field any Iron Man affiliated characters you drew at level one, and return all the oh, others back yeah, to your bag. That could be really Ooh. awesome. Like, if you're playing an Iron Man affiliated team, that is that can be really hard. I mean, that's a, like a giant swarm directly to the field. 
Dude, yeah, that's actually crazy. That's that's pretty good. And then a lot of these a lot of these level one um, characters do have some pretty good stat lines. Um, I can see one of the Iron Man, or let's see here, like the Iron Manor, like all of the Iron Manors are pretty big. Um, with like a uh, well, you can't see the bottom; it gets cut off. But it's uh, even at level one, it's like he's got a four attack, so that's pretty significant in my opinion. For me, I think the starter set is I need to play it just because it's it's introducing a lot of new concepts to the game. And I think if we're stuck in our old ways of playing, we'll just kind of look at it and think ah, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not very good. But I think this, the suit up idea, getting used to taking stuff straight from the uh, youth pile to the field, um, those kind of things I think are very beneficial and are going to help grow the game, but it's going to take some effort. I think this set needs, like, you need to play with it some if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. yeah and so now like the basic actions actually in this set the more i thought about it they oddly enough they're most of them are reprints i think it's um, i it's think like it's actually half exactly half, half. half. It's so, five reprints and five right. new ones so half I of think. them are reprints and i think this is what WizKids is doing to actually address a problem that newer players have been talking about is that hey, I want to jump into this game that's two years old now, but I need the basic actions. So now I got to go buy, what was it, like 14 starter sets just to get yeah, the basic actions like out of them. So I, I, I honestly... And, and with the first one or two or three getting to be pretty hard to find. Yeah. So I, I see that what WizKids has done is they didn't even change the name so it wouldn't confuse newer players, but they've picked some of the more popular basic actions from the previous sets and just put them in here. Yeah. Like Cone of Cold, everybody used to play that, right? It's I a great I've played Especially with Overcrush yeah. right now. So I know, I know. It's just not the most played basic action from that set, so I thought it was interesting that they reprinted it, but I actually really like it. I like that they reprinted that one, which is not the most popular from this. I mean, that set had Polymorph and Resurrection and Magic Missile, but they decided to Two go of the Cone three of you just here. mentioned did get reprinted. I know. I <laughs> in know. the other set. But at least they didn't reprint With different names. Yeah. Um, one of the, the big reprints that really jumped out at me, just because it's really, really weird, is there's an Iron Spider called Too Cool for Words. Why Why have Iron, Iceman's subtitle on, on Iron Spider? <laughs> oh, yeah. I noticed that, too. I was, I was like, like, that's weird. What? Lots of reprints in here. Um, the other reprint uh, I noticed here, and, and, me- and Jared mentioned this earlier here, but it was the Smash reprint, how it was... A reprint of Smash from AVX, AVX I believe. But That's then they AVX, gave, yeah. but then they gave it the uh, Mirror Force Global. No, no, no. It's it's the same card, straight. It's Smash from AVX, and Mirror Force is just a reprint <laughs> of this basic action. So this is the third time this basic action has been printed. Yeah. So they it, really, really want us to use it. Yeah, they they don't really. And but it is such a good basic it, action, yeah, too. It's a, it's a good, especially when you're playing an Overcrush team, yeah, right, Dr. Yeah, it stops Overcrush in its tracks. <laughs> I used to play this all the time when all I had was, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! starter. This was my go-to basic action. So it's a really good one. Um, These two-cost upgrades... Uh, I, I like the idea of them too. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of them too. Because and they're kind of double edged too. Because a lot of them are like, if it's not this type of energy, you're gonna have to KO them at the end of the turn, which. Sure, you can get a benefit from it if your team's not tuned for it, but you're still going to have to pay a cost for them. So I think that accounts for it being a two cost being che- so cheap. Right. Yeah, I, I like that they brought a basic action that I can't see the name of that uh, directly goes against suit up. KO target character die with suit up. Each player loses one life. 
if you feel like things are just getting out of hand on mm-hmm. the opposing on the other side of the board, you can start picking those off at a cost of one life to you. But I mean, it it keeps your it takes what's one, one your life when also. you're getting a a big massive character yeah. in the field. Um, yeah, I I I I, re, I like where they're going with these upgrades ones, just specifically how they're like specific to each energy mm-hmm. as well. I. This is something that they've started doing with these next two sets, and I really hope they continue the trend, is keep the basic actions very specific. Something that bothers me sometimes is when they make the characters super specific and they're unplayable, but I like it when they make the basic actions specific because a general basic action that's got some crazy powerful ability is basically just making the game about that basic action. But this way, the basic actions are augmenting your team, and I think that's what they're kind of... in the original intent of basic actions was. was yeah, you, it's it's more, it shouldn't be the center of the team. It should be, exactly. you know, those... It shouldn't be the win condition. It should be it your should buffs be and stuff. Buffs yeah. It. yeah, and that's the way I, li- I like it that they're going in that I, direction. I kind of like the look of this uh, hyper-velocity. That's what yeah, we, yeah, we were just about so cool. That one like, looks that's just, insane. It's play aggro. You yeah. have to. Yeah. So you yeah. just what, what, will Yeah, what, what's its ability? Uh, it's a continuous basic action. At the end of each player's turn, if they didn't attack with any character dice, they lose two life. If you get either burst faces, also any player may pay three life during their main step to send this die to the used pile. Dude, that is this, so nasty. This really oh, hurts yeah. control. Oh, I, I think it's awesome. Any Anybody who's, whose plan is to wall up and wait for their moment or anything like that, it's just, no, do it now. The only thing that... I feel kind of goes against the super aggro uh, at like nature of this card is that it's a five cost, but it's powerful enough. I, it really I do shouldn't like, be yeah. cheaper. I do like that it has a kind of built-in removal thing <laughs> on, in there because it would be super broken. Faces. Yeah, it would be super broken if it didn't have that. So I really like that it kind of has its own built-in removal. Yeah, but I mean, if you, you if you roll it on that that first face without a burst, or you it play just it with doesn't uh, go away, or you play it with that. <laughs> What was it? The the card was it from Turtles that lets you choose what side you put the basic action oh, on? Yeah, you yeah. can play with that and just put it on that face. So you just, I mean, there's ways around it. You just attack with one character, but you're eventually going to run out. Like that's a great aggro control. Card. Well, and then it's like we always say: if you attack with it, and if it's if you attack with a character, if it's a low attacking character or attacking right. value character, you're just letting it through, and now they have nothing in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And and just just I, I want to put it to. You together team just to get Dr. J angry and put Vicious Struggle as my other basic action. I could I could make that basic <laughs> action. I could make Hyper Velocity work really well with my Killer so, Cross. So here's my question. If I don't have a character in the field, do I take two damage? It doesn't sound like you can attack with one. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I have some fun ideas there. Yeah. Uh, they, they also did a little Betrayal Plus. With yes, one, I like that. One against many. Deal target player X damage, where X is the number of character dice in their field zone, plus two. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's a five cost again. Like, I feel like yeah, they, I, they're, I, they're really kind of hitting a spot on these costs for these basic actions. Yeah. They're really strong, but they are you gotta, more expensive. You, you, you need to be intentionally wanting to go there, and it's not like, eh, I got this extra energy, I'll pick it up right here. I think, yeah. that, I, I think that's also a good point. You know, like if, if you're going to make a basic action your win condition, it needs to be expensive. It can't be that one cheaper, cheaper card that you can reduce, you know, especially now with the way, or like in Prime and everything. But yeah, that's, that's just way. If you're going to make it your win condition, make it expensive. Are we ready to talk about? Yeah. Okay. So actions. now that we should, should we go over the upgrades real quick? Like I'm, they they made a basic action that works specifically with one for each energy type. Yep. They yeah. they each do a different thing. They're all are they all two costs? 
Uh, yes, I believe they're yeah, all two yeah, cards. Yeah, they're, they're really they're all flavorful, two too. Yeah, uh, you, you get, for a bolt, you get plus two. Or the one that works with a bolt target uh, character gets plus two attack. If it's a bolt character, it also gets fast. Uh, the mask target character die gets plus one attack. If it's a level one mask, it can't be blocked. Uh, the target character die you control gains overcrush. KO that character die at the end of turn if it isn't a fist character. And target character die you control gains iron will lose two life if that character die isn't a shield character die. So there, it's I like that they're doing that. You know, anytime that you do a single energy team, now you have things that yeah. just go right with it. That you don't have to worry about your opponent buying and using against you as much. Yeah, because yeah. you have that sacrifice. So, all right, so Russ is going to die if we don't go on to this next section. I think, we should, I think we should look at some other stuff before we so, get to the turtle basic action. All right, so, so let me just explain this So story before here. we go to yours, is there any other turtle basic action we go? Cause there's nothing that matters but one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we know there's a couple reprints. In, um, yeah, Mutation in, is, a, is a reprint of Polymorph, and I believe Splinter's Teachings, is that one? Yeah, is a reprint of... Oh my gosh, my least favorite basic action of all time, Transfer Power. We also hey, have a reprint Haymaker of, is a, print, a reprint of Anger Issues. Uh, Reclaim is going to be a reprint of Banishment from D&D. No, it goes the other way. Move it down. Oh, okay. okay. The opposite of reverse. Banishment. My yeah. bad. <laughs> and uh, the, the uh, Unstable Ooze, I think it is, deal two damage to target character. Oh, it's, it's Magic Missile. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Stable canister, I think. Okay. So so now, okay. anything else? Okay. So, Russ, do you want to talk ooh, about... No, no, no. No, no, no. Before we get to Russ, Nefarious Broadcast is a two-cost basic action. <laughs> it says cancel any effects of previously used global abilities, and global abilities cannot be used until the end of... That I actually like that such one. such a weird timing. Like, yeah. okay, you say you magic missile my, my character that has three defense. You hit it three times, and then I cancel it, and it just... Comes back to the field. Like, what but if no, you? I, do I, other I think thing? it like, means. I think it means globals that have a kind of a continuous effect, like transfer power, where you swap. But the, it doesn't say. I think I. Don't, I don't like the nebulous nature. Well, of well, it. it's it's it, active it, effect. So if you play it and it's it's you use it and it's done. I think it's no longer an active effect. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess so that's that, how I would rule it. But you can't use globals when you play yeah. it. But so if I played it at the beginning globals. of the turn, you can't. You can't PXG. So if I play this, no PXGing on my turn. Or if I play this, you know, no magic missling on my turn or any of this other crap. No force block, no force attacks. So. Mm-hmm. I really like All that right. One. So, Russ, you got five minutes to talk about the card that you've been dreaming of. I think they made it just for you. It's Momentum. I didn't. It's not really that good. I, let's just skip it. I'm Christmas came out, early so, this yeah. year. <laughs> so I didn't really read. The spoilers, I was like, oh, okay. I looked at it pretty quick. And a day later, Ken messages me, what do you think of this new basic action? I was like, what are you talking about? And then I read it, and I think my head exploded for like a you, day. You, you want to tell everybody its effect? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> roll any number of dice in your prep area and place them in your reserve pool. If you get so. the double burst, also before selecting which dice to roll, draw a die and place it in your prep area. So you get to stack that up by one if you oh, have the double that burst. Is so, good. so we it also cost one. It's a really good one. double burst ability. Yes, Ooh. right. Yeah. I we, think they made this one just for us. We like <laughs> double bursts. We have talked a lot in the last month or two about loading the prep area, how to do it, how to purchase characters while doing it with Fabricate. All of that. You can now do, then play a one-cost action and bring it all back. It's like, 
I seriously can't even believe this thing. And and if the die you drive, you roll the double burst and the die you draw is momentum die and you put that in your prep area, you can do it again and you can do it again. It's like the way that the used pile used to be before they introduced the transition zone. It can potentially get to that level. So Baron Zemo Rare from Age of Ultron or Scarlet Witch from Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange allows you to pay one and move a die to the prep area. But it, this, it allows you to return an action that you US. use to the yes. prep area. Yep. So as long as you have the bolts, you can just keep using momentum. <laughs> yeah. So I can just... I wonder what team does that, that just uses relies on bolt characters all the time. And it's a one-cost action. action Let's dies. remember that. This so is a one-cost action that I can keep cycling. If I am using uh, Talisman of Ultimate Evil, I can KO my whole team and my opponents and then re-roll my whole team. I can fabricate uh, Iron Fist, a Sangin, bring dice over... Reroll them and refill them all on that turn. Scarecrow, I can KO Scarecrow with blue eyes. I can steal something from my opponent, KO that character, put it in there. Unfortunately, my control would end, which I is unfortunate. <laughs> but you know, but I could, but then you I get to reroll your scarecrow and scarecrow. possibly do just, all of that again. The king's greed is far too real. <laughs> There is a I ton have, of We potential. should just call him King Midas from now on. I have so many ideas for this card, and I've already started to try to figure out some teams that I just, I, I don't even know where to go. I've messaged Ken a bunch. I've messaged a, group <laughs> a bunch. But this card is seriously a game changer, and it's a one cost. My thought is, and I'm not saying this is what WizKids did, but the one cost actually makes it, you know, a little bit easier for it to get stolen from underneath you. But there's a lot of players that don't play the prep area. But I tell you what, if I if I sat across from a player that had that and I could see their team and how they would load the prep area, I would absolutely buy all three. There's mm-hmm. no way. Uh, like, my teams will use it. I'm not saying it's going to be built around it, but it'll definitely be a big part of my team. And if it get, got bowed out from under me, I'd have to use some other ways, but... It's yeah. definitely worth stealing that. Once action. we see it in action, that could kind of become one of those. If if you're even if your opponent brings it, if you get the first turn, buy them all. Yeah, just just to take it out of their hands yeah. because yeah. that is the kind of card that there's there's some serious potential for some crazy crazy shenanigans. Yep. For me right now, that's the only downside of it is the cost. I wish it was a little bit more so that yeah, that couldn't happen. So you have a chance to get it. It'd be a little more consistent if it was a two cost. Yeah, which so, would be and cool. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to work for any, everybody, but, oh, my gosh, the way I play this game, this action has me, like, <laughs> well, it's like the I mean, perfect the, one. The whole thing of looking at uh, spoilers and stuff like that is you never quite know until you use it. I mean, I know that with the last set, Lady Deadpool looked really cool, and I have not and then seen I haven't seen anyone. it really. I would it. use it if I had it. So if like, any of you want to donate her to me, I can come up with an awesome team with her. I used her. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just she hasn't made yes. the splash that it yeah. seemed like yeah, that she, from the spoilers. She should have. Yeah, so she, this looks huge, yeah. and I I don't see big problems with it aside mm-hmm. from the fact that it's only one cost. But it's definitely one to keep your eyes on. Yeah, I mean, so it I'm could not, be the next big fizzle card. I I, I absolutely love, could be fizzle, but I, I if love, you use your prep area. Yeah, I love the fact that they kind of 
made it a two-edged sword by giving it a one cost i almost feel like some basic actions would be better we'd be better off if they were cheaper rather than more expensive Yeah, because it may hurt you in the yeah, long because run because your opponent can you. buy yeah. it so yeah. that's an interesting angle yep. that they so, take see the way this. i look at it though is i don't i don't have to change my play style to use this basic action so if my opponent does steal them out from under me it'll put a bump in the road but yeah it won't it won't totally kill you um, but if you guys want to know how to run the prep area, make sure you go check out one of our old episodes where we talk about it in depth on how to actually play the prep area to your advantage. So once this is out, I'll probably do a segment on it. Yeah, I can't yeah. You've already done a thousand segments on it. Yeah. Every segment is one of so, those, Russ. So yeah, um, like you can see, Russ could go on and on about these spoilers. We want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think out of all three of these spoilers? What is what catches your eyes? What do you guys think will be play a big impact on the game? Let us know. Um, doubleburst.com or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. We all, all listen, and all the spoilers are also listed at both locations. All right, guys. We will have you guys back later on in the show to talk about your favorite combos that don't use globals. Okay, guys. We are here with Dr. J and the KO King, um, and we wanted to do a section that I think a lot of newer players tend not to focus on it or think about is effective ways of playing basic actions. Um, of course, you, I, I've seen questions where people are like, do I have to bring basic actions? I'm like, yes, you do. Um, especially now in our in, in the current meta where basic actions are very... They're, they're, they can be centers, centers of your win condition. And a lot of people use them, but I don't think some of the new players kind of get the nuances in how to use them effectively. So where do you guys want to start in terms of that uh, so, effectively using the basic so actions? So basically for me with basic actions, especially new players, there's three points that I'd like to point out. One, be aware of the purpose and the negatives that can come with that. Two, don't be afraid. And then third, build your team with actions in mind. Don't just build a team and then say, oh, what am I going to put on this? Kind of have an idea of what you want your basic actions to do and have them be a part of your team. It's a... Think of your team as a ten card team, not an. Yeah, that's card. why we ha- yeah. we call it the eleventh card and not the the ninth card or the third card or whatever. Yeah, an an interesting thing that I do when I'm playing a game and I've got an action or a basic action with a global ability sitting up there on my team is when I'm looking at what my options are, I go over every single effect that I have there. So if I have an action in my field, I think, okay, if I play this now. What, what effect would it have? Or if I wait and I play during my attack step, would it have a different effect? Or I say, you know, I have this global on my basic action. Do I want to use it now or do I want to use it later? And really just running over your options one by one and seeing when is the best time to play it is super helpful. Yeah, because remember, you, always, you have two opportunities to use your basic actions. Exactly. So you, you do it either in the main step or you do it in your attack step. So, like, I, I think the best example of this is when you have, like, a Hulk out or something that gives overcrush, you usually do not want to do it in your main step because you're telegraphing to your opponent, hey, this is going to have overcrush. So it, it gives your opponent a chance, hey, I'm not going to block with that. I don't want the overcrush damage. That you know, that just it just may be worth to get rid of that character all entirely. Whereas if you wait until that attack step, blockers have been declared, they have no chance of doing that at all. And for me, that always felt super dirty for some reason. It's like ah, I'm tricking you, and I'm gonna, you know, you don't have really an option here because I'm going to hit you for this extra damage no matter what. It always felt kind of dirty to me, and I I kind of shied away from doing it at first. And then you just got to realize it's part of the game, and it's a really big part of the strategy of the game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and, and that's why a, they put that window there. Yeah, right. just add that strategy into it. This is a part where we play locally, where we help, especially new players or other players out. If I have this option to do something like that with overcrush, I'm gonna. If my opponent goes to block one, I'll usually let him know. Is that for sure what you want to do? Because I still have this basic action that I'm gonna play, and try to get them to think through it. So, wouldn't do that in competitive, but. For sure, I think it's a good thing to do. Yeah, you know, just especially new players because it's hard to remember all these steps and when you can do stuff. So sometimes you just straight up forget. So also uh, remember the Red Dragon and Thousand Dragon globals. They reduce the cost of of basic of action dice. Period. So if you're if you're playing a team and you have an, an action die that is really essential to your win condition, but it might be a little pricey. Don't be afraid to slap one of those on your team because the, those globals that reduce the cost of actions are, are really helpful, uh, especially with some of the high-cost basic actions like uh, end of days or... Yeah, we've just talked about yeah, a couple about five a bunch of, of five-costs that are coming yeah. out. And they both have their benefits. Red Dragon deals one damage, and Thousand Dragon I can do as many times in a turn. So it just depends on what you want. I like Thousand Dragon quite a bit, and I think a lot of people overlook it. But if I have like a five, six-cost action, I can get it for three so also don't forget the things that are out there like i can't tell you how many times somebody has brought a resurrection global and i've just forgotten about yeah, it yeah like you I, just had a question mark just sitting there and yeah and i'm thinking Duh. god why didn't i do that or somebody brings um villainous pact and i have resurrection and i forget to do villainous pact first yeah. or something like that yeah. just be aware yeah, so, of what is out there yeah pay and pay attention and remember that you're bringing to your opponents also bringing to i that's one thing that i see is people tend to get tunnel vision and just focus so much on their basic actions that there could be two basic actions over there that would work amazing with your team to just get over that hump i mean i've done that numerous times where i'm like oh i'll just buy one of these and that's going to help me win this game yeah my uh, first step when i sit down across from somebody is to look at their basic actions and say what are they bringing and see if that's going to change my play style at all if they bring momentum because this is the big new thing <laughs> i'm gonna buy them all if they bring vicious struggle i'm gonna start buying theirs yeah, if first. they're being in prison you got to buy them you have to buy them yeah there's some basic actions you have to buy that be aware of what you're bringing and don't just bring basic actions for the global i know a lot of people do and i'm not saying it's yeah, don't, do don't bring a villainous pact when you have no villains on your team. Right. You just, All your opponent has to do is buy one. If you're just one. throwing basic actions on your team, go with D&D gear. If you're just not caring what you're putting on your team, because <laughs> at least that's probably not going to help your opponent more than you. But if you're only bringing it for ramp, villainous pact is perfect example, because I've seen this happen so many times, and I've done it to people where they bring villainous pact and they have no villains, so you buy the action and it's your win condition. Yep, and if you're adventurous, just bring a whole team full of gear. I don't know anybody who would ever do that, right? <laughs> it seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so any kind of other takeaways you want to give new players in terms of basic actions? Because it's, it's like, even even your regular actions, like, because I know people tend to, like, I don't want to play Kryptonite because that's going to take up one of my character slots. Don't don't be afraid. I, I know I like to play Polymorph a lot, and a lot of new players will say they don't like to bring it because their opponent can take it and use it against them. It takes skill to try to figure out how to do it, but when you start to play and understand, you can work around them using polymorph against you. You just don't have anything in your prep. You you manage to work around, either it's in your bag or it's in your field, and then they don't have... If they mm -hmm. buy it, it's not a problem. So there are things you can do to work around your ba your own basic actions, 
just know how to do that, especially in competitive. Know how to do it so it doesn't bite you. Yeah, and know your timing too because I've seen this happen too where players will have maybe two or three actions in the reserve pool and I'm just like, he's got me, he's got me, except they just play it in the wrong order where that just totally changed the outcome of what you want to do. So think through before you actually play them and make sure you can optimize the order you actually play them because order does matter when you're using actions. Yeah, really, really good Dice Masters teams, I think, are generally made up around four or five characters, you know, and kind of these characters working in synergy in different situations depending on what your opponent brings. And so if you have a full team of eight characters, you should probably think about taking one or two of those off and putting an action on your team because actions are helpful in other ways. And having having to have characters in the field all the time sometimes is going to work against you. And having just an action die that you can play to get an effect um, can be very helpful. So it, if you're if you're into like playing magic or something, mm-hmm. you don't just have characters in your in your deck when you play. You have spells and other things. That's what the actions are in this game. They're there to augment your team. So don't be afraid to put them on your team. If you, I'll say this in closing, if you build a team and you can't figure out what the basic action should be, look at your energies. If you have at least one of every energy, throw on, uh, pick your battles. It's always a good go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you're a new player and you have questions on using actions in general, please shoot us an email. We all, like... You, you, you guys don't realize we love answering questions and helping you guys out. So you can always visit us at doubleburst.com or leave us a Facebook message at Facebook for facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. All right, guys. So now that we've kind of covered that, we'll have you and the rest of the crew back to talk about our favorite combos that do not use globals. Okay, we are back with the full crew, the KO King, Dr. J, the Brown Messiah, and Ken Poole. Welcome, gentlemen, back to the stage. What I like and i enjoy is just us sometimes talking about different combos that we can play we're not even thinking about matches and stuff so what we wanted to do is tell you our kind of favorite two to three card combos that don't require the use of globals which is all which is always interesting because you think like that couldn't be too hard right but then you start thinking about your combos it's like oh i need to transfer power here or i need an ant-man global here or a force block here those are all global so those are all off the table so who wants to go first um i'll i'll do one um, this is one that I think I've mentioned a little bit before, but it's uh, <clears throat> it's Shikla, the rare, from Deadpool, and Madam Hydra from Deadpool, the rare. Both of them the rare. So the rare Shikla, what she allows you to do is every turn at the start of your turn, you place a die from your a sidekick from your used pile into your prep area. And the recent ruling was you don't roll that when you roll the rest of your dice from your mm-hmm. prep area. So it stays there the whole turn. And then Madam Hydra is when she's fielded, you each player takes three damage unless they put a die from their prep area into their bag. And so what Shikla allows you to do is always have a die in your prep area that you can put into your bag, and your opponent will likely not have anything. And so you just keep cycling Madam Hydra through the field over and over and over and again. And if your opponent does have something, you're taking something out of their prep area, exactly. which sucks. But if they don't, then they're taking three damage every time. If you field two of them, they're taking six damage. And so it's just kind of a vicious cycle, and I really enjoyed that combo. Mm-hmm. And So who, who wants to go uh, next? I, I like the no-brainer of Medusa and Black Bolt. Uh, Medusa has deadly, and also she can block up to two characters, which is really cool defensively. And then uh, the that's the common Medusa. And then the rare Black Bolt has, uh, let me pull it up, 
When field, the target character die you control gets plus two defense. If that character die has deadly, which Medusa does, all opposing character dice must block that die if able. It's basically a two-card uh, board clear. Whatever else you have in the field is going mm-hmm. to march through unimpeded. It's it's really painful. And yeah. if and it also works if your opponent is walling up on you and you're not rolling characters or, or you're not getting your win con out on the board, you can reset their field. You can KO everything all at once if you can uh, get Medusa into the field before Black Bolt. And it's a full-on win condition, yeah. too. I mean, that I've had that combo played against me, and I was just like, well, there's nothing I can do but sit here and watch myself take all that damage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, awesome. it's it's a little tricky in terms of timing, but once you pull it off, it's just like, <laughs> great. Yeah, great. when when I've built around it, I try to get Medusa bought and fielded as early as I can and then sort of build up everything else I've got because Medusa is awesome to have in the field where she can block two characters. So uh, let her sit in the field until I've got uh, everything else that I want to get through into the field, and then I buy, buy Black Bolt, and it's just as soon as I can field him, it's over. Um, my combo I actually have here is uh, the Uncommon Punisher from Civil War. Uh, he says, when fielded, um, all other character dice, all other non-sidekick character dice, you uh, field that turn gain Intimidate. Um, and I actually pair that with uh, two other cards, um, the Rare Shield Agents from Age of Ultron, and on, on their burst side, they says, during your rolling reroll step, you may reroll any number of Shield Agents or um, Avenger char- characters. And then I just pair that with any other cheaper uh, avenger or i have been running it with any of the black widows but you can run it with anything honestly. i like the ant-man and all the that ant-man stuff. anything that has that avenger uh affiliation so that way um when you get your punisher uh at the beginning of your turn you re-roll your shield agents and your avengers that are in your field then you field your punisher and then you just intimidate the entire their entire field and it's all open throw in a whole bunch of serenas and then take all their dice that they can spin down Yep. Yeah. It's it's pretty brutal. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. So kind of in the terms of the Avengers, um, my the one combo I really do enjoy doing is the rare Starhawk from Age of Ultron where he has a team watch ability, and he says whenever you feel the character that ha- shares his affiliation, which he has a Guardians and an Avengers affiliation, that both characters get plus two attack, plus two defense. So you start getting beefy. Then you be the jerk and you take the common Iron Man that has enlistment from Civil War, you feel that, and his ability is if your opponent doesn't KO a character, he can't block that turn. So it forces, and I, I've used this to really good effect, is it forces your opponent, especially if they only have one character, it sucks. Because if they don't KO, you're going to have an Iron Man that's probably like a 6, 8, or 9, <laughs> and Starhawk that's already beefy. Um, I think the most I've done is like 14 damage in one attack because they only had one character on the field. So either way, they're going to lose it. Um and that and that just beefs it up. And again, with all the Avengers, you can just pair that up with any Avenger that Starhawk or and now with the Guardian set coming out, I'm kinda excited that I'm gonna have to come back and revisit and see how that you works. You think it's gonna have any guardians in it? Nah, it's gonna be all <laughs> spider friends. It's gonna be all spider friends. That'd be awful. The the thing about that that confuses me is you didn't call either of those Kryptonite or uh Ultraman, and, and I'm pretty sure that's what you meant. Do, do you want to hear another combo <laughs> that involves kryptonite? It's kryptonite and, and the blue dragon that anytime you use an effect, it blanks, so that that or it forces them not to block. So not only are you blanking a character, you're for, you're making characters unblock that can't block, which is great because okay, I'll block your Ronin, or uh, I'll blank your Ronin, and then if you have any other characters that are may get in the way, I'll force them to do that and just. 
start swinging in. So the first combo, I couldn't stick to just one. So I'll stick to my three-card combo. This is currently on my Is this the one that I'm thinking of? Well, I'm only using three cards on this combo. (laughs) Granted, I like to add like a fourth and a fifth card to this combo. Or like another like... Full team of eight. Yeah, the whole team of so, eight. So <laughs> I, I start with Vigilante Justice. When one of your character dice is KO'd this turn, KO target opposing non-bat character die. And then I have this clay golem fabricator. It could be any golem, but I like the clay golem because I use Iron Fist and then I can bring him over. Um, so fabricate, I can use two characters with a total cost of four to buy a clay golem. So... I KO, I use Vigilante Justice to purchase my character, Clay Golem, by knocking out two of my characters, which means I knock out two of my opponent's characters at the same time. And the third card to this specific combo is X-23 that I reroll all the dice in the prep area. So what I've done is I've purchased a character and I've loaded the prep areas of both me and my opponent to buff up X-23. Plus cleared their field. Plus clear the field. So. so annoying. I've played against this. This is so annoying. Like, I had all my counters. He's like, I'm just going to get rid of it. Great. So the two other cards that I like to add to this are Iron Fist and Scarecrow. So I fabricate Iron Fist and Scarecrow, move Clay Golem over, so that gives me another dice in my prep, steal a character from them, and also clear the... And then use momentum and roll them right now. That is oh, the wait. plan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that... That's a more kind of like what I like to do in competitive. Uh, you just like to confuse your your opponent by just saying this is happening, this is happening, it, this is happening, and this is happening. I understand he wants to it clear sounds, his own field and blow their mind. It sounds very confusing or simp- uh, I should say difficult to pull off, but it's really not. All I'm doing is vigilante justice, yeah. and <laughs> I'm just purchasing a character with fabricate. So I, I gotta ask: Have you ever considered just carrying a binder? That kind of explains all of these steps, so you can have visual aids while he just while needs a flow chart for like, every single one of his. Teams. You know, just pull like when See, your I, opponent's like, "What?" and you pull it out here. Let me show you. So this, this happens this is in the this diagram. Step. <laughs> See, I think <laughs> just just a full size four by eight whiteboard that he can just just wheel behind him. So he, so if you look right here, you're writing on the yeah, thing like, with a right, dry erase let, marker. Let, let's drink. Take a knee. Let's drink some milk and just start. Yeah, like, at it the end, it's like a crazy football play that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so have your orange slices, and we're we get we're good. To go. <laughs> there is there is another team I'm working on that has a two card combo that's kind of fun. Is that Lady Bullseye that deals damage double to my opponent or character this turn when fielded, and Sagai, so that I can because Sagai when he doesn't attack does two damage to a character, so I can ping everything for four if I want. Ooh, that's pretty good. So um, I actually we we mentioned about the Lady Deadpool earlier, and the combo that I actually ran with it, um, I paired that. Uh, so it's a Lady Deadpool from the Deadpool set, obviously, and it's a super rare. Uh, whenever you play an action, you may pay a bolt to double that action um, with the same bursts on it. Um, yeah, it, it clones it, really. Yeah, you, it, you get it, to use it again. Just, it doesn't double it. It just does it one more time. Correct. Um, uh, so you just you just uh, cop- copy the effect. I still uh, like to pair this with Storm, uh, the rare Storm, which is while she's active, whenever you play an action die, uh, deal one damage to target opponent or ca- or target character. Now, you don't get the two damage um, because it's not an ex- a second die. But if you play this with Superhero Registration Act, Special Delivery, Relaxing, any sort of basic action that allows you to churn, 
you can just combo off like crazy. I remember when I was playing this in the league um, at one of the stores that we played, and I would just clone my super, either my my opponent's superhero registration act or their or my special delivery, um, and I would be able to get into another action, whether it be another uh, superhero registration act. And on top of that, I would, I would, and then I would just start, start pinging them, start pinging their characters. And it worked out really, really well. Um, again, you, you kind of are required to get that second churn die because you, you need that second churn die to actually start firing off storm. But I actually really, really liked it. And I like how it worked and how it played out because you still got that second churn for free. You you know, what kind of combo works well with that too, is a Ultraman and a Kryptonite. Nobody cares about a Kryptonite. Something, something that's. That's really a fun combo that I want to try out is um, that super rare Lady Deadpool and the limited wish from from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that that's if you, you can roll limited wish. I, I made a whole entire tournament where you got limited wish for free. You know how often that didn't work for me? <laughs> well, for you, but this doubles <laughs> your chances. And just think, yeah, I, all I you want, have to do is do it right and roll it on it. I want to. I want to pull this off in a game where I have Lady Deadpool in the field and then I play limited wish. Roll Phoenix Force, the 10-cost Phoenix Force, get that, then roll the 10-cost Thanos and get them both in my field with one die, or get them both in my use pile with one die. And, and then, then Polymorph. Just, and then Polymorph them in, that's right. <laughs> and then it's just going to be so much fun. And that, that, super, that promo 10-cost Thanos is just like Ultraman, only you don't, need the, you don't need the kryptonite to make him work. It's called Beholder. Yeah. It's <laughs> but Beholder doesn't top out at 8-8 eight, eight or 9-9. Nine, nine. So... My new combo that I'm really enjoying getting ready for Prime uh, is two three-cost characters. Um, First is Agent Carter Common. While Agent Carter is active, while sidekick character die is KO'd, place it in the owner's bag. And then I play it with Static, Virgil Hawkins, while Static is active. Whenever your opponent rolls two or more dice at once, deal one damage to target character die. This is really annoying to play against. So... I just keep pinging my opponent's sidekicks into their bag, and it's a lot of fun because we've talked about bag stuffing. I think it's going to be important without PXG, and those sidekicks in the bag really become annoying when you're trying to get the characters that are coming out the other way. Yeah, I actually played against Russ uh, in one of the Prime events that we ran, and for a good like three-fourths of the game, I was in control for a long, long time, and then he started getting that combo running off, and it just kept stuffing my bag, couldn't get any get into anything else that I can. And it was just really, really frustrating. Um, much like Jared's Killer Frost team where it's really frustrating and bag stuffing is just really, really frustrating to play against because it's like you can't, unless you're playing Registration Act, Special Delivery, again, another churn, basic action, you're never going to be able to get to those characters that you need. Couldn't you mix that with your old Krang? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, just, so just nasty grind to a halt. Whatever your opponent's trying to do, just trap everything in their used pile. Because one of the it's big ways to try to... One of the big... <laughs> I didn't say it was finished yet. That might be in the one plans. Of the, one of the big ways to try to counter Krang is to field your sidekick so they stop going in your bag. And this is just a way, sorry, they're going in your bag anyway. And man, that yeah. is so freaking annoying. You never see any of your purchase dice. If people haven't experimented with bag stuffing especially sidekicks into the bag it it really is a game changer i ended up winning that little tournament that we had and i actually didn't have enough uh i guess attack like damage so the games dragged on 
But just that little combo really dragged the games out enough that I ended up winning. You, you didn't have a win con. You just had a way to grind the game to a dead <laughs> well, stop. Well, you guys know how I come to these events, and I just always have, like, two or three card combos that I don't care if I actually win. I want to make sure they go off. Oh, yeah, that's the best we, thing about the casual events. You get to try some crazy new thing, and sometimes it ends up being super competitive, yeah. and sometimes it ends up being, you know, yeah. next to useless. Yeah, or although fizzles. I've gotten I mean, that's where ridiculed by cool you guys stuff. before because I did an attack in one event. Which I think is funny that you're more than one event, my friend. More than one of I know, event. but I wanted to see if it worked. Well, you have to think of the. I think it's hilarious though that you, you of all people, don't attack. And then, what's your newest thing that you've been talking about lately? X twenty three, where you want to attack with everything that's in your use. Oddly, oddly enough, X twenty three helped him figure out that combo, and he wasn't even playing half of it. I was playing the Agent Carter, and then like halfway through our match, he's like, "Ooh, this might work well with Static." That that Agent Carter <laughs> is really nasty. So I just you gotta have the combos. If you don't play this game with combos, what is there? I don't like combos. They're like too cheesy and one salty. Of, one of my and. One of the, my favorite ways to look for combos is you find cards that have similar abilities. So, like, my WKO team has a bunch of characters on it that say, at the beginning of your turn, name a dive. In your, in, on, at the beginning of your opponent's draw, draw and clear and draw step, name a die or whatever and do something. So I had Constantine Hellblazer, and I had the Riddler that deals damage when they pull dice from their bag, and I had um, one more that did it. And now I'm thinking, like, there's a... Lockjaw that I could put on that team. I love and playing you just, Lockjaw. Can you, I just tell you You pair that? like all four it's of those so together, and it's like at the beginning of your opponent's turn, you're just wrecking them with like four different effects. Yeah. So much fun. Or just get a uh, Jinzo, Oracle, and Wasp in the field, and your opponent can just say goodbye to Globals. <laughs> it's just they don't, they don't get them anymore. Well, 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 what, what, if, what if they listen to the segment and they're using all these combos without <laughs> Globals now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We just helped them. All right, guys. Thank you so much for, you know, kind of sharing these combos. I like the mix of new and old that we've had in this set, which is, I think, the beauty of Dice Masters is that you can look at the new and the old. You don't have to have the latest and greatest to win, and you don't have to have, like, you know, even if you've been out of the game. I've seen a couple of people come back to the game. If you haven't been out of, if you've been out of the game, check out some of these combos and like we always say on the show, look back at the old sets. There are so many good things in the last two sets that I think people are overlooking because they're not oh, yeah. the staple cards what? that have been played for two years. There my are favorite, amazing My abilities. favorite thing from the new Deadpool set uh, to the last segment, when you were talking about gear, if you want to run gear, use the satchel. From that. <laughs> use the rare satchel. It is so cool, and your opponent will have no idea what you're doing. That's actually going to work really well with that uh, aggro... Oh, yeah. I just imagine. I just imagine your satchel team is just this old lady just being just beating everybody with their <laughs> bag. Everything. I, I, I've told them you should make a uh, a play mat that just has like gear and stuff laying around the whole entire place. Just make it all cluttered yeah. looking. I I love running my satchel team, but uh, the the I mean that's all based around actions. But the uh, the gear actions are absolutely crucial to it because they just stay in the field. All right, so let us know your favorite two or three card combos that don't use globals. Uh, leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash double burst, or leave a comment on this episode post at doubleburst.com. Guys, thank you so much.
And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. What caught your eyes in the spoilers and what are your favorite two to three card combos that don't use globals? Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Of course, check out doubleburst.com for show notes. That's where you can find the links for all the spoilers, past episodes, articles and a place to subscribe to the show so it automatically gets delivered to you when we publish it one sort of plug for our main website ktdata.net make sure you guys go check it out last week was the consumer electronics show diego dito and i we drove out to vegas to find the latest and greatest and we'll be posting our videos up there so far we have our behind the scenes and we will be having more content published in the next future weeks and that's at ktdata.net Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. Make sure you guys check them out if you live in Utah, and if not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. They have an awesome single store. And of course, thank you all for listening. Everybody on the team appreciates it. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Mm-hmm.